Hello, everybody. Happy Christmas. Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat and all that. <laughs> goose, who has goose? I don't know. Anyway, this is what the episode is about this week, and I hope it's helpful to you. I am talking about Christmas, expectations, the pressure that we put on ourselves, how we are conditioned to be responsible for everybody else's experience and how often our conditioning from childhood makes us feel like unless everything is perfect, that we have not done a good job and that we as human beings are not everything we should be. And I say no to that. That is not true. <laughs> that your beautiful, beautiful essence of self, the reason that you're here, the reason that you are listening to this podcast is because you are on a journey. You're a seeker and you want things to change. You know there's something not right and you want to feel alive. You want to feel something spectacular. You know that you were born for something more than living the way that you have been. And that's why you're here. And I'm saying to you, Christmas is tough in this world that's created to keep us all working hard and producing. And we don't have to buy into that. And our little essence of self, which we're now nurturing and trying to discover who that really is, they need us not to buy into that too. And so all the harm and hurt that might have happened to us in our growing up that made us build these barriers to keep us safe, these protective mechanisms, perfectionism, alcohol, shopping, whatever it is, whatever ways we use to help us cope in a world that's hard to cope in. This Christmas, you have a choice. This Christmas, you have a choice to stay with yourself, to create a Christmas period where you get to breathe, where you get to have space. You have a choice. And I want to offer you that this Christmas. I know it's a tough time, so if anyone needs to reach out after after they've listened to the podcast, please do. Um, I'm in the DMs. I'm on email. You know where to get me. All right, my lovelies, you take care. I'll see you soon. Over to the me in the podcast. <laughs> if you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Welcome to this week's episode of Midlife AF. It's the Christmas episode. 
Well, here it is. I don't even know the song. This is Christmas. (laughs) It's a tense time of year in many places, isn't it? And, you know, I wanted to talk about a few different things today. I wanted to talk about the pressure on us self uh, often coming from ourselves but sometimes coming from external places as well the pressure to be all the things over Christmas to give out uh, to be perfect to be or you know have our house looking nice have everyone gifted wrapped uh, have beautiful Christmas dinner to have just to look after everybody and I think particularly for women we feel that pressure very hard because that's how we've been conditioned to believe that our value is in what we do and in our ability to make everybody else feel comfortable and okay often very heavily to our own detriment. Um, And so I want to talk about that today because I see women suffer at this time of year and I see women get to the end of their tether and then wonder why they had to drink, why they felt the need, their unconscious drive to pick up a drink because they were absolutely at the at the end of their ability to cope. And I think when we're in midlife as well, with our estrogen declining, we can also find that what used to be a much longer rope has got a lot shorter. And so we need to put a lot of things in place in order to look after ourselves. I mean, I talk about this a lot in my groups, but this journey with alcohol, wherever you are, whether you're sober, curious, mindful drinking, whether you're just thinking of taking a break, whether you're already alcohol-free or taking a longer break, wherever you are, And I know I say this all the time, but it's never about the booze. It's never about the booze. The booze is just a coping mechanism, like any other coping mechanism, like food, like work, like sex, like social media, shopping, gambling, whatever. It's a coping mechanism. It's got, it's not the problem. The problem isn't, isn't the drinking. I mean, it becomes problematic, but it's not the problem. The problem is this culture and these lives that we've created that mean it's very hard for us to thrive. And I think this is particularly true for women and particularly true for women in midlife. And so I was listening to a great podcast, actually, um, which I love, the Glennon Doyle one, We Can Do Hard Things, and her and Abby were talking about, she and Abby, that's terrible language, <laughs> were talking about Christmas and they were talking about, you know, Christmas as a person who doesn't drink, Christmas with all of its 
you know, all of its stresses. I always remember Christmas growing up being a place where there was a lot of family and there was a lot of love and cheer, but it was also very stressful. And yeah, I can feel the stress now when I think about it. Just the expectations, so much expectations that things are going to be a certain way, you know. And as I say, you know, with the fact that women get indoctrinated from birth with the idea that they are recognised for what they do, um, they are validated by what they achieve. And I think this is the same for men as well, but particularly... But women, they are expected to make everybody else be okay at the expense of their own well-being. And I often find this with clients, clients who might be a longer-term client who might have almost completely stopped drinking apart from the odd the odd drink here or there and that odd drink here or there, nine times out of ten, where they're like, oh, my goodness, this happened, and just suddenly somehow or other I ended up with a drink in my hand. I don't know how it happened. That unconscious drive often is relative to not wanting to create a fuss, not wanting to stand out, not listening to our needs, doing things to make other people feel comfortable when we're abandoning our own needs, our own selves. So I guess this is the theme of this podcast is just to say that we've got you, I have you, we as a community hold you and recognise how tough the holiday season can be and also how much choice you have in how things play out and how you get to experience your holiday period and that can be very hard like I remember doing this course with the wonderful Lisa Kordoff who I I love and adore um, which was her signature course back in the day Um, I think it's called Ready for Change that's right And I remember her saying, you know, you have a choice. You have a choice in everything you do. And I remember her telling this story about her kids and being like, "Um, you know, I I have these kids. I'm moaning about the situation that I'm in with them. But I have a choice. You know, I could put them up for adoption. It was an extreme example. And at the time I was like, that doesn't really. But, you know. In everything we have, we do have a choice. We have, and we have so much more choice than we think we do. So much more choice. Um, and again, I was listening to the um, "We Could Do Hard Things" Glenn Doyle podcast, and she was talking about you know families and how. How triggering that can be, and particularly if you're not drinking, and how important it is to carve out time for ourselves 
create space. I think space is even more important than time. Space is time to breathe, time to put our feet on the floor. And I think grounding is so important in this as well. You know, I remember Jolene talking on one of my earlier podcasts about how when we ground ourselves, often that is what the body's looking for. So, you know, that feeling when you go, when you have a glass of wine and you can feel that sort of like, I describe it as the, ah, moment. It's like, ah. And often I've had clients describe it as that. Excuse me, I'm going to have a quick sip of my tea. Um, But that really is the body looking for groundingness. So for groundedness. So if you guys don't know what uh, a grounding practice is, I can talk you through one. So basically I do this at the beginning of pretty much all my client group client workshops. But basically put your feet on the floor. This is the way I do it. You can do it any other way. But it's really about remembering that you're a human being, remembering you're not your thoughts, you're the thinker of your thoughts, you know, connecting with your body and how it connects with the earth, you know. So for me, I put my hand on my chest, my hand on my tummy, because that's kind of like a centering move and it lets me know I'm here. Because this journey for me is all about coming back to the essence of self and knowing that the essence of self is good and understanding that the world that we live in has not been created for us to thrive, but we can thrive. And then we can try and change as much as we can of how the world is and how, how, what we accept and what we don't accept to be true. Um, and how we continue to thrive and journey and look for our light and let that light shine. And now I sound like <laughs> this little lamb. <laughs> it's not what I mean, but it is, it is. So back to grounding. So what we, what I then do, and this is, I was taught by Jolene in the gray area drinking is then I focus on my feet and I wiggle my toes and I focus on what my feet are on or in. Now you can do this with any other part of your body. It's really just about surface of your body connecting. So it might be your waistband with your waist. It might be your le- your trousers with your legs, your slippers, your socks, your floor. And then we do some breaths. So first I should do short breath in, long breath out. And I like to sigh out because it's really good for the nervous system, vocal cords and everything. So just a breath in and a long, slow breath out. And then three more of those. And then I ask us to really reflect on how our feet feel. Are they hot? Are they cold? Can you feel any tingling? And then plant the feet firmly on the ground, big toe, little toe, back of foot. And then I ask you to imagine that you have a root going down from the arch of your foot, down, down into the ground, all the way down. Imagine it burrowing through the earth and really connecting your foot to the earth, connecting you to humankind, knowing that we are all the same. Yeah, we're all going through the same stuff. It's very normal, it's very human. We're gonna be okay. And then we've got ourselves. 
And then we'll do some more breaths. So um, breath in and then long breath out, sighing if you can. And there's heaps of other grounding and centering techniques, but this is what the body's looking for. When the body, when the body is um, agitated, there's so many of us live in fight or flight. And that comes from so many different things, neurodiversity, trauma. Just the way this world works is that we are often stuck. That's our home away from home. And then all we have to do is add some more stuff in there, like going to stay with our families, being responsible for gifting, being responsible for packing, being responsible for everybody else's emotional well-being. And there we go. We're absolutely flying off the chart off the charts and so our responsibility in this journey is to ourselves our responsibility is this precious little essence of self this precious part of us that was born into this world full of capability full of extraordinary potential this wonderful 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 essence that you know, got knocked around a bit by life and we started to hide. And for me, like I was shy and I was geeky and I didn't really like hanging out with people. <laughs> I just wanted to read my book. Um, I was daydreaming. And that was, you know, that I, I got the message from the world that that was wrong. And so, and I know I've talked about this before, but this is what happens to us. We get told that was wrong. We get told something else. And as these different other people's opinions and thoughts and society and culture we start to build these walls and we create this person and this person has all these coping mechanisms of which alcohol or any of the other coping mechanisms can become part of that they seem to work I mean for me as a 12 year old it meant I could be different to how I was because I got the message that how I was wasn't what was acceptable and so our job now as evolving seeking human beings who are investigating our relationship with alcohol is that we keep coming back to that precious self we keep understanding what it is that we're seeking and why we're seeking it so a lot of us are wanting to escape from ourselves, escape from our pain. And that's something that we've done for years. That's our coping mechanism. Our coping mechanism is the escape from the pain. And what we really need is compassion for ourselves. And for us to turn around to our precious little darling self who took all this stuff on board and made themselves bad it's that we say to them hey i see you i'm not going to abandon you i'm going to keep you safe what do you need so what i'd like to offer you guys is a short journaling session for you guys to just think about what is it that you need this Christmas? Yeah, what do you need this holiday? 
What keeps you grounded? What helps you not abandon yourself? Because every time we run away from this pain, the anxiety, it doesn't go away. Just stay. It gets worse. Our coping mechanisms generally make things worse, not better, even though we think they are. And what if instead of running to that coping mechanism, we decided to stay by ourselves and actually, you know, not abandon ourselves and say, do you know what? It's too much for me this year. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that this year. We're not going to do that kind of presence. We're not going to go and see 10 million people. We're just going to keep myself safe and do what I want to do. And that might be that you want to go and see 10 million people, I don't know, but making sure that you have the escape routes that you need, the space that you need, and make a plan for it. Don't expect it to happen without a plan. Make a plan for, so if you are alcohol-free, make a plan for having nice drinks, having nice glasses, having time out, having time to do the things that keep you sane. For me, it's swimming and walking. And if I can, to get out on the paddleboard. Those are the things that keep me sane. They keep me grounded. Um, some yoga, some meditation. If I can, I'm going to try and squeeze in either a sound healing or an ecstatic dance. Um, or maybe some choir dancing. Something like that that's really good for my nervous system. Um, and I can give you links in the show notes to uh, my favourite resources for those. Um, but it's about keeping our nervous system okay. And part of that is doing, you know, doing stuff with our body, like moving our body physically and connecting with our body. And that can be really hard for us, particularly neurodiverse people and particularly people who struggled with trauma. And so there's some really nice techniques about how we do that. But one of them, and one of the things that I teach in my um, Be The Lighthouse program is this use of, you know, grounding, orienting and centering. <laughs> and if you join my, I've got a, um, I'm just launching actually a new um, alcohol experiment, self-paced, which I'll talk a bit more about at the end. But if you join that, um, you get a free, grounding, orienting, and centering video. And it's a really, what I was taught by my favourite teacher, Jay Fields, is around how do we sit with ourselves, because this is the thing that we find, often people who drink, we find so hard, is being with the difficult emotions, being with the big emotions. And so the way that... Um, Jay and the somatic experiencing coaching works is it's about it's about you just you don't go straight into these things it's like anything sort of understanding your felt sense so understanding you know you as yourself as a human being so you know being able to touch your feet um sort of feel your feet in your shoes recognize you're a human being um hold your chest and your tummy and recognize that you are a solid mass um, and recognize that you're not your thoughts and orienting is like you know finding yourself in your space so looking around your room and what can you see and one of the really important things about orienting what can you hear what can you taste really orienting yourself as a human like form object organic matter 
which sounds a bit gross, but one of the really big things from an evolutionary perspective is like checking behind you. Because obviously when we were, because when we're in fight or flight, we're activated, right? So we're in our primitive brain. So we're in survival mode. And survival mode is not the place for rational thinking. And, you know, so one of the things that's really good is when you are orienting yourself in your space is to look behind you. Yeah, so you know you're safe because that's like, you know, primitive thing, someone's coming up behind me. Um, but yes, I think looking after yourself this Christmas, remembering you have a choice, you don't have to do all this stuff. I'm totally not doing anything this Christmas. I am not going anywhere. I'm at the moment investigating paying for Christmas, paying to go out for Christmas lunch to take that off my husband because he gets really stressed about doing Christmas lunch. Um, I'm not really socialising at all, and that's okay. You know, we have this, like, it should be this way. We should be doing all this stuff. To me, there's no shoulds. This is our life. This is our precious little essence. How are we going to help it thrive? The world's not made for it to thrive. It's our job. We can help it thrive. And we can do that by not abandoning. We can do that by saying... We ha you, you, you don't need to be scared. I'm a grown-up. I can stand next to you. And we can do this together and take your little hand. It's going to be okay. It's okay that you're bookish. It's okay. I'm talking to myself, of course. It's okay that you don't want to socialise with people all the time. You just want to go out on a nice little chat with them every now and again or go for some breakfast or something like that. It's okay that you don't like parties. It's <laughs> again, talking to myself. Um, but all of our stuff is okay. And we'll, we'll work on this more over the podcast because it's such interesting work. And finding out who we actually are, this is why I find this journey so exciting. And this is why I, I recommend it to so many people. It's not about the booze. It's about once you get rid of the substance that you're using to keep your little self hidden, then you get to see who she is. And you get the opportunity to allow her to develop and achieve her potential, whatever that might be. And you get to start following your intuition and knowing what your intuition is. And so for all of you guys who are still in the sober curious, and I totally get that, I didn't stop until January 2020. And that was because I wanted to do Christmas and New Year, still drinking because of all the, you know, beliefs that we have about that. And sometimes, you know, that's, it's good to have a date. So, um, you know, this is a time for mindful drinking. Don't be mean to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Start being the awareness. Start bringing all the visibility to it when you start thinking about drinking. What does it taste like when you're drinking? How do you feel after the first drink? What does it feel like in your head? Start being the observer. This is going to set you up so well for... January and I've got um, an awareness worksheet as well that you can download which I'll put in the show notes too um, but that's what I did in my month before stopping drinking for a year in 2020 I did what the, what I say in the awareness worksheet so I worked through just like real and understanding and I worked to take away and this is so important the shame blame and judgment because alcohol is an addictive substance end of the reason you drink more than you should or more than you went, went out to do is because of the way it works with you chemically in your brain. No fault of you, 
nothing to do with you as a human being, no reflection on your morals, no reflection on your weakness or strength. It just is. And so let it go. Stop making your bed. Start observing. Start being aware. And that will give you everything you need to hit the ground running in January with whatever you want that to look like. But I highly encourage you to take a 30-day break. I'd love you to do my um, self-paced alcohol experiment. It's a great little course. Um, But whatever you do, just do the observation. Don't give yourself a hard time. And for those of you who are alcohol-free, well done, my darlings. If you're not already, you know this is going to be one of the best Christmases you've ever had. You're present. You get up in the morning. You're present with everybody. You open presents. I mean, for me, I used to drink um, Bucks Fizz or Mimosas from the minute I got up. We were all absolutely shattered by middle of the day. And not, nothing good really happened. It was just a messy, <sighs> debauched kind of gluttonous feeding frenzy. Now I'm not saying it's going to be any different, <laughs> but I will be compass mentors throughout it. And there's something lovely about actually being, being present, enjoying a day together with the family. And yeah, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It really doesn't. And if people around you are triggering to you, and if you're gonna if you're being in company with some of those people it's gonna make you drink, then you know, protect your protect your alcohol-free babiness. Like it's it's like a little baby when you're first alcohol-free. Protect it with your life. It's important. Well, not with your life, it's a bit overdramatic. <laughs> but I'm wishing you all a very, very merry Christmas. May you spread love and laughter. Um, I'm here if any of you need to connect either on Facebook or Instagram. If you want to book a one-to-one with me, I'm doing um, one-to-ones in the new year, Uh, one-to-one coaching. Um, I've got two spots left for January. So if anyone wants to do some really in-depth work with me, then do it. It's a great experience. I love working with people in this area. And um, we'll talk about new year in my next podcast all right my lovelies take care bye thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of midlife af with emma gilmore if you enjoyed it please share on instagram for your friends and tag me at hope rising coaching if you want to help me grow the podcast please review the episodes for me on apple podcast that really helps If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.